For those of you uh, who do not know me, my name is Blake Hilgenfeld, and my family and I have been a part of this church for several years. Uh, Davis, who is now 12, was six months old when we uh, came to the first gathering of this church, and uh, we sat around uh, a kitchen table asking the Lord to use us uh, to bring many people in this city into union with Him through the gospel of His Son, Jesus Christ. For uh, it was our desire then, and it was our desire now, we believe that the gospel is the power of God to save. Uh, There is no other gospel. There is only one good news that brings people into union with God, and that good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it's my joy, it's my privilege uh, to be able to be back up here. I've taken uh, a two-year period of time off, and so uh, it's really, really good to be uh, back up here and to uh, be able to preach the good news and celebrate uh, what Jesus has done for us, his coming, and what that means for every one of us this morning. So let's pray and ask the Lord to bless the time. Father, even though we cannot see you, you've promised us in your word that you are with us this morning through the Holy Spirit. And it is your desire to speak to us, to give us hope, to comfort us, to assure us, to save us. And so we ask that through your word and through your spirit that you will give us eyes to see this morning, that you will give us ears to hear, for it is your voice that we are desperate for. We hear so many voices in the world but yours is the one that we long for. So here we are, coming with great expectation that you will reveal to us the greatness of who you are and our desperate need for your son, Jesus. We ask this in his name, amen. For those of you who don't know me, I like to have fun. Anyone else like to have a good time? I believe that having fun is super, super underrated. Life is too short not to have a good time. Now, there was a period in my life for like three birthdays where I invited a group of my friends to join me and my wife for some fun, crazy Olympics, all right? So we would dress up in our best pair of jorts, and you know, y'all know what those are, you know, cut off jean shorts, jorts sleeveless t-shirts, and we would compete by doing the craziest relay races. Now, I will never forget one of my uh, birthdays. Um, We played the dizzy bat game. Y'all know that game, right, where you have a bat, you bend over, and you spin around like 10 times, and then you run to the other side. Well, I had this buddy who was a distinguished surgeon in the city, and he was like 6'4", a good 275 pounds. Big dude. Now, when it came to his turn, he started spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning, and then it was time for him to run. He didn't get very far, and boom, face planted right on the ground. Like, you could feel the earth shake, all right? He gets up, and boom, bit it again. Everything in his life, everything in his world was totally out of control. Life can feel like that sometimes, can it? If you haven't, 
you will experience a life-altering moment, a moment that causes us to feel disoriented. It feels like everything in our life is totally out of control, and we are left feeling alone, afraid, and anxious. It could be an unexpected, unwanted career change. It could be a sudden health issue. It could be a pandemic. It could be a loss of a loved one. These experiences that every single one of us will face in this life cause us to be disoriented. They, they, they cause our lives to feel that they are totally out of control. Why? Well, because one of the things that these experiences threaten the most are our identities. You see, by nature, we all look to things outside of ourselves for identity, and we believe that these identities promise us the value, worth, safety, security, significance, comforts that we all long for. But when they are threatened or when they're taken away, we are left feeling anxious, alone, and afraid. Life feels totally out of control. Listen, wouldn't it be good news? Wouldn't it be amazing news if there was something that we could be given, that no matter what we face in this life, nothing could take it away from us? One identity that holds on to us in our darkest times. One identity that causes us or it keeps us to be significant even in our failures. One identity that comforts us in our weakest moments. I've got good news for us this morning. In our passage, we see that God invites us. We see that God welcomes us. We see that God offers to us the one identity that we all are desperate for and we are, uh, that we long for, one identity that we are actually created for, one identity that holds on to us, one identity that will comfort us in our darkest of moments. What is it? It's the invitation to you and me to become a child of God. Did you hear that? The invitation to us to be one of God's children. Absolutely stunning. And now, if you've grown up in the church, like, don't, don't let those, that, that, that truth just kind of wash over you. The God of the universe invites us this morning. He welcomes us to receive the invitation to be one of his children. Turn with me to John chapter 1, starting in verse 9. John chapter 1, starting in verse 9. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of time to get there. John 1, verse 9. Listen to these amazing words. The true light, being Jesus, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Verse 12, but, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Guys, we see clearly in this passage there are two groups of people in the world today. Two groups. One group who does not receive and believe that Jesus is who he says he is, and one group who does receive and believe who Jesus says that he is. 
Now, for, for those who do not receive and believe Jesus for who he says he is, they are not children of God. But for those who do receive and believe Jesus is who he says he is, they have received the invitation to become children of God. Now, it's crucial for us to understand what does it mean to receive and believe Jesus? It simply means this. You believe Jesus is who he says he is, and you trust Jesus to do all that he says that he will do. Both are necessary in order to become a child of God. But listen very carefully, that's it. This is such amazing news because notice in this passage that God does not give us a list of demands or commands that we must meet first in order to become a child of God. It doesn't, it doesn't tell, he doesn't tell us, hey, this is what you need to go do or don't do. This is how you go clean yourself up first in order to become a child of God. He just simply says, here is the invitation to become a child of God. And what is that? It's receiving and believing, trusting and believing Jesus is who he says he is and trusting him to do all that he says that he will do. If you receive that, then the good news is that you are now a child of God. Can I get an amen? Can I get, can I get, can I get something? We can be lively. He comes to us, all of us this morning. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter your past. He comes to us in all of our failures, in all of our brokenness, in all of our shame, in all of our doubts. Guys, he comes to the worst of the worst. If you haven't realized that as you read Scripture, like, God does not come to those who are good, moral people because the reality is there really is no such thing. He comes to the worst of the worst, those who are broken. He, he, he comes to us just as we are, right where we are. He comes to you this morning who th may think that God will never love you, accept you, forgive you because of what you have done in your past. And he also comes to those of us who think we're all clean and put together, but deep down we know who we really are. Doesn't matter who we are. Doesn't matter what we have done. Doesn't matter uh, the significance and value of our family. Doesn't matter where we were born into. Doesn't matter any of those things. God comes to us right where we are, just as we are, and he extends the invitation to become one of his children simply by trusting and believing in Jesus. That's the invitation. Jesus says in John chapter three, you guys know this, right? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, what, believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, we kind of forget this verse. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only son of God. For those who believe in Jesus, who received him or trust him, have been brought out from underneath condemnation, are justified in his sight, but to those who do not believe, stay under condemnation. John 6, 40, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. That is the promise to those who believe will have eternal life, and he will raise you up on the last day. John 14, 6, Jesus simply says, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. You believe this? Do you believe 
Jesus for who he says that he is? And do you trust him to do all that he promises to do? If you do, then the promise is yours. God has given you the right to become one of his children. And if God promises it, if he says it, then it's true. You can bank on it. And that's good news, isn't it? Come on. Amen? Yes? Listen, this is the greatest gift that we could ever receive, and, and, and this is what Christmas is all about, guys. God took on flesh and blood, and he came into this world. He drew near to us. He tasted the brokenness of this world that we taste every single day. He lived the perfect life that we were all required to live, but have failed to live. He obeyed all the Father's commands, which we have not took our sin upon himself, died on a cross, rose from the dead. Why? To invite you and me into his family so that we could be born again. Not physically, but spiritually in order to give us the right to become one of his children. Guys, if you have received Jesus, this is who you are this morning. You are a child of God. And this is the one identity that you were created for, one identity that you long for in this world, one identity that nothing can take this away from you. No matter what you face in this life, not even death itself can take this one identity away from you. You are a child of God. In May of 2019 was the beginning of a life-altering moment. Life-altering experience for me and my family. For those who uh, don't know, my dad fought cancer for like 40 months, and then he lost the battle. If you actually go to the kids' area, the hallway, you'll see a plaque that's dedicated to him for his investment in the kids' ministry of this church. My dad loved this church. He loved the kids' ministry, and he served the body of Christ here well. But a lot of things changed for my family and myself um, as a result of his passing. I lost uh, my identity as a son. I no longer had that father-son relationship with my dad, and it created this deep canyon of loneliness within me, a loneliness that I've never, ever, ever experienced before. My dad was one of the most generous men that I've ever known, and his generosity provided for me and my family uh, so that I could serve as one of your pastors. Now, with his loss came the loss of his generosity, and, and I had to, to make a career change. And I was no longer able to be one of your pastors, and I did not realize of how much value and worth and significance I looked to as being a pastor and when I no longer had that, I no longer had the value and the worth and significance that I longed for. And it left me really asking the question, like, what good am I? What purpose do I have now? It was the darkest moments and times that I've ever experienced in my entire life. But there was one thing and one thing only that kept me that kept me from spinning totally out of control. I mean, my life was out of control, but I, I didn't go totally out of control. One thing that slowly, over time, slowly, 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 brought my life into to, to balance, and it was this promise, that because of Jesus, I am a child of God, 
And because I am a child of God, no matter what I do with my life, no matter what my career is, I am still valued and significant. And no matter how lost I felt, I can look back and see that the God of this universe held on to me. He kept me. I can look back and see, man, I was so alone, but my heavenly father was there to comfort me. I was so broken, but he never left me. Guys, listen, I'm not sharing this story because it's the churchy thing to do, right? To take a moment of suffering and wrap it up in a nice, like, nice bow and slap on a Bible verse. Guys, we don't have time for that, right? We, we, we don't have time for doing those, you know, churchy things. Like, all I have was this. In the darkest moments of my life, this is all I had, and it's all you have, and it's all my dad had the moment that he breathed his last breath here on earth. Listen, through nothing of our own, this is what makes God so amazing, through nothing of our own, but only by his grace, through faith, we have been united to the person of Jesus. And as a result of being united to the person of Jesus, one of the benefits of being united to Jesus is now we are one of his children. That's the beauty of the gospel. And nothing, nothing, nothing ever can take that away from us. Nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing can separate us from that one identity that we were created for and saved for and longed for. So this is what I want us to do this morning. I want us to take just a moment, and I want to let this truth, this identity, seek deep within our souls Listen, if at the deepest part of your being, with every fiber of your body, you've said to Jesus, I believe you. As crazy as you may sound at times, right? Like, I believe you and I trust you. Even if you find yourself this morning believing, but also wrestling with doubts, Right? Like maybe you find yourself like one of Jesus' first disciples named Peter when, 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 they, when, they, when they heard some of the, the hard things that Jesus said to them and many of his disciples left him and then he turns to his disciples and says, you guys going to go too? And, and Peter's like, Jesus, we, we believe. I mean, what you say is hard and we have a lot of questions and we have a lot of doubts, but where else are we supposed to go? Have you ever find yourself there? Are you, are you there saying, listen, Jesus, I believe it's hard. Where else am I supposed to go? For I know deep down within me that you have the words to eternal life. Or maybe you feel like uh, the father in the gospels that comes to Jesus and he is in desperation for Jesus to bring healing to his son. And he says to Jesus, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Listen, if that's where you find yourself this morning, I want you to hear this loud and clear. Loud and clear. It is not the strength of your belief and trust in Jesus that makes you a child of God. It is who your belief and trust is in that makes you a child of God. Did you hear that? It is not the strength and trust of your belief in Jesus, it is in Jesus. That's what matters. And if your belief and trust is in Jesus, then you are a child of God. So let this wash over you 
and say to yourself, say to yourself, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Therefore, I am valued. Therefore, I am significant. Regardless of what I do, regardless of my title, regardless of my position, regardless of my career, regardless of how many Twitter followers I have, I am valued. I am significant. Why? I am a child of God. You hear that? You hear his voice saying to you this morning as a result of being one of his children, you are my child in whom I deeply love? Say to yourself, I am a child of the one who has authority over all things. Therefore, I am what? I'm safe. I'm safe. Hear his voice say to us this morning, I got you. I got you. And nothing, nothing in this world can take you out of my hands. You hear that? Say to yourself this morning, I'm united to the one, Jesus. I'm united to him, therefore, I am never alone. Even though you may feel alone, the promise is, Jesus says to us, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, I am always with you to the ends of the earth, to the ends of time. You hear that? Say to yourself, I am one who owns all things. Therefore, I will always be provided for. You hear Jesus' voice saying, listen, you see the birds in the sky? You see how I provide for them? Aren't you more precious than they? Yes, you are. God says to us, listen, I didn't spare my own son, but I gave him up for, for, for you. How will I not graciously give you all things? I mean, you look to the cross and you see Jesus coming and the, and the Father giving his son to bring us into his family. Like he took care of our greatest need of reconciling us to himself. Well, he, he'll graciously give us all things in this life, guys. Amen? Listen, as we go throughout this Christmas season, and as you, rem- as you, as you, as you hear the songs play, here's the invitation. Remember who you are. Who are you? I'm a child of God. When you open presents, remember the greatest gift that you received. And what is that? I'm a child of God. And when you, when you read the, the, the birth account of Jesus and seeing God come for us, becoming like one of us, he was born poor. He was born in need. He was born into a family, into a city of insignificance. When you read that story and you see God coming to us, remember that he came for you, that he came for me, and met us right where we are, just as we are, and extended this invitation for us. Come. Come into my family. Receive Jesus. Believe 
in who he says he is and trust him to do all that he says that he will do, come into my family and become one of my children. Guys, this is what Christmas is all about. And there's one thing that we can do as we leave this place is continue to remember who you are. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. And that is what? I am a child of God. Can it get any better than that? You give me something better than that. Is there anything else in this world that's better than that? That is the one thing that we long for, the one thing that we hope for, the one thing that we were created for, the one thing that we were saved for. We are children of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are humbled this morning. We are thankful this morning. We are comforted this morning. We are safe this morning. We are um, heirs this morning. We are your children. All because of what you have done through your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, we see you, we hear you, and we believe. And we put our trust in you to do all that you promised to do. And as a result of that, we are now a part of your family. So as we take communion this morning, Father, we just ask that you will continue to bring us into deeper clarity and reality of that truth. That we are held on by you, that we are safe in you, that we are valued, that we are significant as a result of being in your son. That you, that you love us, that you rejoice over us, that you've forgiven us. All the benefits that we have is due to our union with your son. And so we are grateful and thankful that, that for that this morning. And may you, Holy Spirit, bring that to our remembrance as we go throughout this day, tomorrow, the rest of this week. Help us to remember who we are, and we are your children. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.